Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in this next episode of In the Dirt with the Soda. I'm out here today with Ellie Lane at Sutton Ford in Chicagoland, and we've had a chance to catch up not only today, but also the last couple weeks after uh, not only NAMAD, but also the Wokan Annual Luncheon. So what first brought you to automotive and what made you fall in love with it long term? So a long, long time ago, several lifetimes ago, I woke up one day and I was like, if I want to make a man's money without having a degree, I need to work a man's job. And long story short, that's when I started welding for Caterpillars. Caterpillar, I built tractors. Yeah. Um, I pulled back from that after about a year, had my daughter, and then when it was time to go back out in the workforce, after having my daughter, I was like, well, am I gonna go back into welding or I almost went into cars. And I have a, you know, it was a bucket list of things that I wanted to do, and it was on my list, and I was like, why not? So I went to put myself into trade school to learn how to work on cars, and my degree is in auto service. Sure. Um, I literally was, <clears throat> this is a little personal, but I That's had, <laughs> I had, uh, her father and I had split, and I was sleeping on my mom's couch with my daughter when she was a baby. And my mom gave me, she didn't have a lot, but she gave me about three grand to buy a car. He took the car, he took the everything. To buy a car, I went and I bought a Chrysler Cirrus, the last of the cloud cars. And wow. I put myself into IB Tech to learn how to work on cars. And I spent a lot of, dude, that car was my dissertation. I replaced just about every suspension component. I learned brake lane so well from that car. And that's what got me got me going. Um, the minute, so I, I ran parts for AutoZone at the time. So my mom's going to school, running yeah. parts. And the minute I knew, the day I learned how to change oil in school, I went and started looking at dealerships to apply. And no Napleton picked me up on the north side. Yeah. So I started there as a lube tech and then just kept learning more and more and more. And then I uh, you know, obviously quit running parts and then, you know, just kind of advanced there. And then I wanted to learn more about everything in the store. Sure. So I went into service writing, went into sales, went into finance, um, and then later went to power sports finance and then into being a credit provider and that's kind of cool too because you're like the boss of all bosses when you're selling things to a dealer that's true <laughs> <laughs> and then i decided to come back into retail and see if i still had it yeah and you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, looking back if you could go back to day one when you first started in automotive whether it's in the service side as a lube tech or even like your first day on the sales side what kind of advice would you give yourself on that first day on my first day? How about my first week? <clears throat> All right. Watch your clearance. Okay. I literally, I was under a car and I wasn't paying attention. After some years, when you're in the back in the shop and you're under a car, you like instinctively kind of get you low, right? Yeah, sure. So I didn't, and I was under this car, and then clunk. Yeah. And then I ended up with a gash in my forehead. Thankfully, I'm a tech, so I can just throw a skull cap on it. I wore that cap for about a week and a half before the thing went away and nobody was the wiser. Sure. Watch your clearance. Know that. Watch how you swing corners. Watch for what's above you. Duck and move. Keep your knees kind of, you know. 
You learn that lesson pretty quick, huh? Yes, yes. One time, fire hot, don't do it again. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> now also, if you look at maybe your success as an industry partner, because mm-hmm. you've seen both sides of that. We've got the industry partner side, you've got the retail dealer side. What are industry partners missing right now in that true collaboration between industry partners and dealerships? Hot take. <laughs> yeah, hot take time. <laughs> so one thing that I noticed on the vendor side is that, and I understand everybody has a bottom line, but a lot of the time I experienced vendors telling dealers what they needed and not listening to what dealers want. It's the same as, you know, it's the same as a car, right? You want the customer, your first obligation is to fit a customer into a car that fits their wants and their needs. Otherwise, you're just shoving something down their throat for sake of revenue, and that's great. But this is a relationship business, right, on both sides. So if you want to have a good relationship with the dealer, listen to what it is that they need and do it. You got the money to, you got the people to. It might take you, you know, a month or two to tweak this or that, but in the long term, you're going to, your best customers are your repeat customers. That's right. Right? So you're going to be able to retain the customer base that you have, the revenue base that you have, if you want to put it that way, and be able to, you know, they're going to be singing your praises to everybody, and then every other dealer is going to want to get on board with what it is that you have to offer, because you listen to your customer, because you, you, you know, sustain and you've nurtured this relationship with your customer. It's funny how that works when you actually listen to what a consumer is looking for, whether they're a retail dealer or there's someone off the street that's trying to buy a car. If you really listen to what their concerns are and you look at it as more of you advising them how to get to that end result, like, dude, you're both on the same team. It makes it that much clearer. A thousand percent. And I'd, I'd also say, too, one of the things that was great about, you know, on the partner side with the, the comment about, you know, being the boss of all bosses, selling to a dealer, dealers know bullshit. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. So if you're transparent with them and you don't treat them like they're idiots, they're going to reciprocate. Yeah. So. How cool. Now, I guess just to close up this interview, if you look back on this last year in 2023, what is one thing that you learned personally? Like, whether it's within your career, whether it's within your family relationships, whether it's within a hobby, what is one thing that you learned personally this last year? Jeez. Oh, that's a tough one because it's been a long year. <laughs> I learned... Five years into one? Well, I don't know if it's that I learned. I think this year reaffirmed that I can dance country, I can dance western, I can do whatever. <laughs> you can do it all, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> also, to note, back to vendors versus retail. Sure. I also noticed a lot of people, and it, it's good, it's bad, it's whatever, but when vendors, when you are looking for talent, be it man, woman, whoever, when you have dealer applicants, they may come off as something that you're not accustomed to. They might come off as a little rough, um, a little gritty, but you may have some people on your team that have had experience strictly on the vendor side, and that's great. That's one perspective. You may have people that had experience in the dealership as, you know, say, a title clerk or an office manager, and, that, and they don't know a lot of things, too. But your best chance is going to be with somebody who's gotten their ass kicked up and down a lot every day. We're going to have to edit that. They know. <laughs> 
kick your butt up and down the lot every day because they know in and out they're going to know you know both sides of things they know the customer side they know the desk side they know a lot of times they're going to know your product more than you do and the applications to your product more than you do yeah how great well there's some great advice for if you're an industry partner if you're in retail automotive on that side there's always collaboration there and sometimes your best person that can be sitting on the industry partner side is actually someone that already exists within retail automotive because they know what's going on so how great obviously you're a big uh, proponent for people being a part of Wokan. What has been the biggest thing that you've seen that has made an impact in your life as a member of Wokan? So, probably the biggest thing that hit me in the face at the Wokan luncheon was a, a group of us ladies were sitting at a table, and one of us looked to the other and said, This must be how white people feel every day. Being able to look around and see a bunch of yourself and people that you can relate to yeah. i mean off the bat just just doing their thing yeah and just being who they are i know i've shared this with you and a few other people but that has really made it, it makes me feel great and also bad at the same time because my heart really hurts that you have to go to a place like that to feel accepted and feel comfortable in a space like that so there's a huge charge behind Wokan and what they're trying to not only trying to accomplish but also where they're going in the future where do you see people across the country and how do you feel like they can get connected to Wokan and what that would mean to them who don't know what Wokan is? Well, how to get connected with Wokan is, I mean, we're, there's the Wokan website. Yeah. We're all over LinkedIn. We are trying to expand our reach and be able to, just in our communities, be able to come up with initiatives to reach out and touch everybody we can, invite anybody we can. That's right. There is a very large table, and even if there's not room, we will scoot a chair aside. We will make room for you. Bring your own chair. Stay on the table. We don't care. Yeah. And it's cool when you find a group like that that is really built around a great community. I mean, the, the founders, the people that are part of the um, chair members, and even just the people that are either members or also allies for Woken, it's really cool to see that ongoing support for people in automotive that need to have a voice. So, Ellie, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your busy Saturday to shoot this. I, I, and happy birthday. Look at that. That's happy festivals, right? Yeah. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day. I appreciate you. It's been a huge honor to officially meet you. Thanks for watching this episode of In the Dirt with a Sodi. If you're new to our channel, make sure and mash that like and subscribe button. Also, check out some of these links for our other great podcasts and content.